and welcome to the Fully Charged Podcast. Coming to you from the Mega Man Network, I'm David Oxford, perhaps better known around these parts as LBD Night Train. Joining me as always, while dreaming of doing something else, are my co-hosts, Brian Protodude Austrian. Hello. We're back. And Shadow Rock ZX. We're back, baby. And recently, the Ruby Spears Mega Man animated series hit its, uh, oh gosh, what was it? The uh, 20th anniversary, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, not not 20th, uh, 25th. Oh, 25th anniversary. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm forgetting the my own purpose for even doing this now. <laughs> yeah, that uh, the anniversary was on the kind of awkward in retrospect date of n- September 11th, but all the way back <laughs> in 1994, rather than uh, you know more recently. Uh, it was a production of Capcom, Ruby Spears Productions, Ashi Productions, and Ocean Productions. That is a whole lot of productions. Capcom <laughs> looks a little odd there without having productions on them, but anyway. Yeah, um, starting on the aforementioned date, the TV series ran for 27 episodes and ended its run on December 10th, 1995. Though it did continue to air in uh, broadcast syndication for mm, a little while at the time. Uh, it was said to have been the highest-rated cartoon in syndication at the time, or at least in its time slot, and it ran for three seasons, uh, air quotes around three, because the third season only had one episode. Mm. Mm. Did you guys happen to watch it at all back in the day? Um, I saw the uh, the ABC Family like reruns, or what are they called? No, Fox Family. It was Fox Family before. Um, that was my first exposure to it. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember waking up Sunday mornings. Yeah, th- that show was before my time because I would have been one years old when it came out. <laughs> so I didn't catch yeah. it back then, obviously. But I pretty much got introduced to it through the internet and the memes on YouTube, so. Yeah, right. I did not get to watch it as it began airing because, well, for whatever reason, it did not seem to be carried where it was supposed to be. It was kind of a weird thing with uh, stations where I lived. It was down in North Carolina. Um, for example, the Reboot and Sonic the Hedgehog, the Saturday AM show. N- note, people call it Saturday AM. But, uh, no, they, they ran the news on Saturday mornings there for some reason. Um, or other stuff. Well, I forget the reason at that particular point in time, but, um, yeah, either way. Uh, Reboot and Sonic the Hedgehog, those came on early Sunday morning. Like, 5 a.m. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that was kind of a, uh, a bit of a pain. Likewise, um, I forget where the, um... Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon was supposed to air, but I ended up finding it eventually on one of those um, stations that like would become the WB and uh, you know other stuff like over subsequent years before it was any of that. It was like on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and uh, I just kind of came with a, with a random episode. The uh, yeah. UPN. In fact, it might have been a UPN channel before it was UPN. It was this is before UPN and WB were things. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just before, before they became affiliated uh, where I was. I, I forget the exact sequence of events there. But yeah, the first episode I saw was, uh, and I, we kind of came in partway. We just happened to come across it when I was at a friend's house and we were channel surfing. It was, 
Oh, you know what? I forget the actual episode. I think it was the Big Shake? Big, big, big shake. Uh, we'll probably find that out uh, down the line, but... Yeah, it was, uh, we, we kind of come back from commercial and, like, you know, we see, like, Mega Man with, like, his arm hanging out of his socket as he's, like, you know, <laughs> bring, uh, Roll and Dr. Light from, uh, a thing. And I remember, like, it, it was funny because, uh, back then we, there hadn't really been an indication that X and the original Mega Man were different guys, because that wasn't something you saw a lot of at the time, the more legacy hero kind of thing. Like, yeah. it was, it was around, but... Not as much, not in games. Usually, like, NES and Super NES guys were, like, you know, the same. Uh, they even remade, uh, like, Castlevania as Super Castlevania 4 mm -hmm. with Simon Belmont in the lead and tried to play it off in the West as another uh, actual sequel instead of a remake. So, you know, that's kind mm -hmm. of, like, where we were coming yeah. from. And I just remember, <laughs> like, a friend, like, calling him X, and it was, uh... And he was like, but that's not really X. And, I mean, not yet, so it's kind of a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> kind of a funny thing. Speaking of uh, X, the um, final episode was uh, called Crime of the Century. I believe that was that one season three episode, which came after an episode called Mega X, which, you know, honestly, it should have been the final lap. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was my favorite episode. Yeah, I, uh, I, I tricked my younger brother into thinking like that that was a Mega Man X show. Like, oh, this is the X-Series <laughs> show. And, you know, to his dismay, there was no further episodes. Well, we'll come back to that uh, in just a little bit, because, yeah, funny thing about that, now that you <laughs> mention it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, a, f a funny thing about the animated series is that uh, it was preceded by... We, we talked about one of these on a previous episode back in, during the holidays. Mega Man Upon a Star, which was made for uh, some tourism board or something in Japan. I forget exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically made by all the same uh, companies that were involved that I mentioned before, and even shared some of the voice actors. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that brings us to, well, the voice actors. The cartoon starred Ian Corlett as Mega Man, Scott McNeil as Dr. Wily and Proto Man, Jim Burns as Dr. Light, which he also played in uh, Upon a Star, I believe. Uh, and I believe also Scott McNeil had played Wily there. Yeah. Yep. But I think he uh, did a different voice. And there was also Gary Chalk, uh, who people might recognize as Optimus Primal, or even, um, well, actually more recently, as Dr. Light and Mega Man Powered Up. He was Guts Man here. Oh. Nice. Uh, that's, that's right. Cool. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, he, Mega Man X. He was voiced by Michael Donovan, who's known for playing other cartoon action heroes, as such as Guile from the Street Fighter animated series that ran around the same time. And he also voiced Wes Weasley and Mad Mike from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Vile. Now, you want to talk about voices that made an impression. I think a lot of people were... <laughs> to, to them, that is the voice of Vile. Yeah. It was provided by Lee Takar, uh, but he, it was left uncredited because they didn't really update the cast credits for Season 2, apparently, from what I've read. Um. And yeah, to some, these are still the definitive voices for the characters. Uh, Ian Corlett, he made a very definitive kind of Mega Man. We've had others play Mega Man and X since, and it was... Um... Oh, guys, help me out. Who? What was the name of the gent who, who played um, X in Command Mission and X-8 and Maverick Hunter X? Mark oh, Gatha. Mark Gatha, yes. 
you, you can kind of hear that same sort of you know heroic archetype like young heroic kind of yeah. uh, character like that was in Ian Corlett's Mega Man when you hear him playing X. I'm not saying yeah. they sound just alike, but they, they kind of come from the same kind of, mm -hmm. you know, school, for lack of a better term there. Right. Oh, yeah, they do a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. And also, Scott McNeil. Um, pe people are probably kind of divided on his proto-man, um, but we'll get into why <laughs> in just a bit. But his Dr. Wily is almost definitive, because that's effectively where he got the German accent. Yes. That a lot of mm -hmm. people still associate with the character, whether he actually displays it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then uh, Jim Burns, he was the um, kind of... kind of older, like, fatherly character to Mega Man and Roll as well. But... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think for some that uh, may, maybe that's like a, kind of the definitive light. I don't know. What what do you think? Because the one in Maverick Hunter X and uh, you know I, I don't remember who played it in Ultimate Marvel or sorry Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. But oh, the, X? Mm -hmm. No, no, it, Doctor Light. Oh, uh, mm, is that the same guy who plays in Eleven? Or um, uh, I am not I sure. I can't recall. Hmm. The, the newer ones, I think, kind of differ a bit from this, but are still kind of, you know, welcomed warmly. Mm -hmm. what, what do you guys think on that one? I think it's fine. At least based off his 11 performance, because I haven't seen too much from Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, but if it's the yeah. same one as 11, I think he does fine. It, it doesn't really... There's nothing too, like, significant about the performance, you know? Yeah, just, it's just, no. oh, yeah. this is how he would probably sound. That's a <laughs> Right. <laughs> Yeah, the Ruby Spears one is just to me that that is Doctor Light, next to Mega Man Eight. Yeah, yeah, I, that's <laughs> actually where I was going with this because when Mega Man came, I'm sorry, when Mega Man Eight came, it was incredibly jarring as a result of the voices we'd become accustomed to in the Ruby Spears cartoon. Uh, perhaps more so than had there never been a cartoon prior. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I don't know if it would have Definitely. been as jarring if we didn't have the cartoon to compare it to. So it almost became a case of why didn't they use the same voices? Why are these so, <laughs> <sighs> you know? Yeah, yeah, strange. I, I will say in terms of Doctor Light, I did enjoy his voice in Mega Man Maverick Hunter X and also X8. I did enjoy that performance, even though I don't remember who exactly voiced him. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I'd looked up some of the other voice actors to uh, draw a comparison with here, but... <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, on, on my research, yeah. I researched the cartoon. I didn't really research, like, you know, anything else periphery to it, so... Uh, my bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Now, here, here's a fun bit of uh, trivia for you. I don't know if you know. Uh, Jim Burns, who was Dr. Light, do you know who else he uh, played as? No idea. You guys are fans of Beast Wars, right? Oh, yes. I've seen an episode or two. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I know where this is going. Did you see an episode with Inferno? Probably yes. not. The Fire Ant, who's for the royalty! Yep, yep, Burn! Yep. <laughs> Burn to the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not. Uh, yeah, the same guy there. Uh, probably more, uh, I mean, Scott McNeil was on fire in that show. He was... Uh, Silverbolt and Dinobot and Rat Trap. Ian Corlett was Cheetor. 
So, I mean, a lot of a lot of carryover between this because, it, again, it was uh, Ocean Productions doing the voices and music and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, speaking of the music, you know, I... Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't put the music on the format sheet, but given some recent events, like, you guys have seen the tweets going around of what we ended up getting up here in Canada, and I believe they got over across the pond for Dragon Ball Z, right? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I, I don't know what's going on. Oh, ch check the Mega Man Network's Twitter timeline. I retweeted some stuff. Okay. Basically, the o Ocean was the original uh, production house that did the dubs for Dragon Ball Z before Funimation brought it in-house. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how much How much Dragon Ball do you know? Oh, quite a bit. Okay, Rock like go going back? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Because, yeah, there, there was the uh, Saiyan Saga, and partway through the Namek, Namek Saga, they switched to Funimation in-house. And mm -hmm. basically, Funimation's been doing it ever since. Mm -hmm. um, except not overseas, I believe? Ocean, they kept doing it, so you still had, like, Ian Corlett as Goku, and Scott McNeil as Piccolo, and stuff like that. But apparently, something that was not in the Ocean episodes of Dragon Ball Z that were airing early on on Toonami and the like... They, for whatever reason, at some point, they decided to start using music from the Mega Man cartoon. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So you would have background music, like, you know, that you've heard, dun, 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 dun. I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, just imagine, like, you know, Goku and everybody reacting to the Gutsman's bleep, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah. For example. <laughs> that, in fact, I'm surprised nobody's made that. Somebody needs to make that. Somebody please make that. Uh, at the MM Network with that, if you do, please. But actually, even more egregious, because there's another one. Like, okay, background music, it's generic. It's not from the games or anything. It's it's fine. It's odd if you've seen the Mega Man cartoon, but it's fine. What's really weird is there was a point where... I think it was Goku fighting Cell It was in the tweet. And they play, like, you know... Interesting. You've got <laughs> the the instrumental version of Super Fighting Robot Mega Man playing as background music in Dragon Ball Z. It is like the wow. most surreal thing. <laughs> uh, almost as surreal as the fact that up here in Canada we were watching Dragon Ball Z on YTV. And it was the Funimation dub up until, like, just a random episode, I think, in the middle of the Cell games. And then it switches to the Ocean dub. So all the voices, all the music are just suddenly different one day. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> and, you know, honestly, it doesn't even bug me all that much. I mean, we, we got, I think it was Brian Drummond again as Vegeta. So, I mean, you know, that's that was pretty cool. Um, and just in time for the Boo Saga, too, which work. It's just like, okay, why can't they do these switches in between sagas where usually time passes and it's like, you know, you expect things to be different and maybe, you know, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. It, it'd, be, it'd be like, you know, playing like, you know, uh, like a Mega Man uh, game and it's like in one stage you've got like uh, Mark Gatha like as X in like, you know, one stage and then it switches to, I don't know, Ian Corlett like, you know, when you go to the next stage, it's oh. like, what? Why? Why didn't you yeah. wait till the next game to recast them or something? It's just so, so bizarre. So, here so it is. Bizarre. Yeah. Speaking of XA voice actors, I have another 
fun fact to share that ties Mega Man and Dragon Ball together. Uh, this is for the original Dragon Ball series, but Lucas Gilbertson, the voice of Zero in X8 Command Mission in Maverick Hunter X, did the voice for Yajiru, I believe I said that right? Yajirobe. Yajirobe. So yeah, that character, Lucas Gilbertson played him in the Ocean Water dub for the original Dragon Ball. Huh. You don't just mean Ocean Dub? Ocean Dub. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say unless there's another company called Ocean Water or because a I, subdivision. I, I had a I had to look this up to remind myself because I was like, yeah, didn't Lucas play someone? And it said it said Ocean Water or something on here. It's like okay then. Oh, weird. <laughs> huh. So unless that's a different group, but I'm pretty sure they did that. I don't know. That's that's uh that's wild though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And just a little for for the heck of it, this is like. Getting so far off track of Ruby Spears here, but I'll bring it back in a second, <laughs> I promise. But yeah, fun thing, there was like an early dub or like plan for the original Dragon Ball, uh, and they changed a lot of names over here. One of them, I think it was Goku, who was named, renamed to be Zero. So that's <laughs> okay. just a funny little thing before, uh, that was before we had a Zero, so. Yeah. But wow. back on the cartoon, yeah. Um, I mentioned the theme song, Super Fighting Robot, Mega Man. That is like... Almost an iconic anthem, to the point mm -hmm. that when Mega Man was first revealed in Super Smash Bros. for uh, Wii U and 3DS, and they had that tournament or whatever, and one of the announcers, like, when Mega Man finally pulled off the final smash and we got to see it happening, well, you know, live, not, like, actually there, but, you know, streamed or whatever. And the dudes are shouting, Super Fighting Robot! Mega Man! Mega Man! We have oh, a Smash Ball! Haven't the seen one of those one. in a while. Yes, the first one so far in the Smash. 35 seconds left. Who's gonna get it? Who's gonna get it, people? Mega Man! Mega Man! The Super Fighting Robot! Oh, wait! Oh, oh, he got one! He got one! Super Fighting Robot! Mega Man! And that's just so great. Yeah, best moment of the show. <laughs> you guys think they like? I mean, at this point, who knows what technical, legal rights difficulties there would be in it? But do you think they should like you know still have Super Fighting Robot as a uh, theme? Oh, totally. Oh yeah, it's, it's so synonymous. It's, you pre know? it's pretty catchy. Yeah, it, it, it is a good theme. That's just one of those things that gets you pumped. Now, um, something that the Mega Man cartoon is known for, besides its theme song, uh, uh, it has very odd portrayals of the characters we know and love. There was a promo video that w looked very much like the Upon a Star stuff that had, um, is used at trade shows. I'm not going to say at E3 because I think that predates E3 even. Or it was like mm -hmm. right when E3 started, like maybe the same year even, I think. Because it was like, this was happening around the same time. It might have been at Consumer Electronics Show, CES. It was uh, shown at somewhere. And the designs were originally a lot more true to the video games and the manuals and stuff mm -hmm. that we know. Yeah. And then it changed, and um, the we have Muscular Mega Man, who's like now a young adult. We have Roll, who's in uh, that yellow and red jumpsuit. With the vacuum cleaner arm <laughs> yeah and just a lot of uh the, the it's definitely a unique style among the whole of Mega Man 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. For sure. Need need more toys based off it, you know? <laughs> sure, why not? Well, one design redesign I did really like, though, was uh, Snake Man's. Probably my favorite from the show as far as redesigns go, because they just made him a little more snake-like. They gave him the snake eyes, and they put the snake on his uh, yeah. arm cannon. Yeah. That was really good. They made an action figure of that, and I would love to own that action figure. Like, I'm, I'm not doing a whole lot of, like, you know, like, action figure uh, collecting, unless it's, like, Transformers these days. Mm -hmm. Maybe Sonic sometimes. But, um, that, that's one I would definitely like to add to the Mega Man pile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, any other designs uh, strike you guys as particularly memorable, or like even just like? What? Oh, who was it? Um, Airman. Airman was so like almost Mega Man X-ish. Oh Man god. You yeah, know? he was. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Very strange. Airman. Yeah. Airman. For those who aren't familiar, who haven't seen the cartoon, uh, they took that basic like kind of. Um, I, I think canonically, it's even referred to in universe as like the Airman body type, where it's basically just like eyes on a torso with like you know a mouth or something in the middle it's just kind of you know they're they're like mr potato head basically cut right and uh instead like they basically took that uh instead of having the uh, eyes at the top they basically like removed those and like added like a full robot head on top i think he had like red eyes and just like this kind of odd like kind of jaw with like the teeth showing and just it was an interesting take Meanwhile, I think they had Needleman, and they did keep him with the uh, Airman body type, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I can't remember. Toadman <laughs> also kind of retained it, but they gave him like this kind of mouth, like uh, like you know the yellow thing like under his eyes mm -hmm. that I think is supposed to be part of like his like I don't know eye holes or something for his outfit or whatever that's <laughs> worth. I don't, I don't think that's really applicable, but for lack of a better term. And, uh, yeah, they gave him a mouth there. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Uh, speaking of designs that are more Mega Man X-like, Nate Pawman looks really cool, even though we only see him in the opening <laughs> of the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Did, you know what? I've, I don't remember the last time I actually took a good look at it. Did Napalm Man look... I, I always thought he just looked like Napalm Man. More, more or less, but it has, like... Some extra features, like his, his uh, eyes in this screenshot, looks a bit more menacing than before. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of uh, napalm, well, not exactly speaking of. Speaking of robots who use missiles and things, uh, going back to Toadman for a second, I did like how they had him launch his acid rain. Like there was like a panel that opened up on his back, and like a missile just kind of comes out and like deploys, and that was kind of neat. Because, I mean, you know, you do kind of launch that missile up to do the thing instead of uh, shaking your hips when Mega Man activates it, so... <laughs> it, it's kind of neat they went back and gave it to Toad Man, too. Gyrations. Uh, I could comment on the how they portrayed the X characters in the Mega X episode. Vile looks freaking awesome. Spark Mandrel mm -hmm. definitely fits, like, the X aesthetic as well. They did a really good job with those. Yeah, those came, those came across really well. Probably truer to the original designs than mm -hmm. like most of the reg like Mega Man characters in the show. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I think because of all the detail, it's kind of like you know the the, the redesigns basically added this all this detail, and then uh, X like kind of came in there with it like you know pre-installed. So pretty much, yeah, right? 
I'd say the one robot master to retain his original design the most was probably Gutsman. Definitely Gutsman. Uh, Brightman wasn't too far off. Bombman was pretty good. Electman pretty yeah. good. And Cutman wasn't too bad. I mean, he's he's kind of got the Mega Man muscular build, but not as muscular. Yeah. Uh, I seem to recall Fireman being pretty close, except they actually gave him like you know the these kind of flame decos on his uh, Firestorm blasters, so that was pretty good. Crashman mm -hmm. looks good. Crystalman looks good too, even though his eyes remind me of like a shinobi, a ninja. <laughs> yeah, he seemed very ninja-like in that episode. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yep. Iceman was um that was an interesting one because like his mouth was like just this like little rectangle that I believe kinda, you know, blinked on and off as he spoke, and his eyes were like doggles like a Arctic explorer might wear. So it was kind of faithful while at the same time adhering to the aesthetic. It was an interesting design there. Mm -hmm. And then they gave mm -hmm. him Smoker's voice or something like this, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that was good. Oh, speaking of voices, I love how they made Rush pretty much the Scooby-Doo of the, the show. Scooby-Doo, yeah. That was the thing, because like, I believe Ruby Spears like helped uh, come up with the Scooby-Doo archetype. Like, I know it's a Hanna-Barbera character, but I think they worked together back in the day. That's oh, cool. Um, and, like, there was an interview, like, I, I think it's kind of tough to track down at this point because websites come and go and that kind of thing. But I, I, there was a quote I saw when I was researching this. Uh, I wish I'd put it down for this, but basically it kind of came to the idea that, like, they didn't really see him as Scooby-Doo-ish because it's basically, like, if you have, like, a talking dog who does comedy, then, like, yeah, the comparison's going to be drawn. <laughs> Like, regardless right. of what you do with it, so... It's just kind of one of those things to them, where it's like, Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's like yeah. Scooby? Sure, he's like Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was the that was what I got what I got out of reading it anyway, so... I don't mean to misrepresent, uh... I believe it was, uh, Mr. Joe Ruby that was being interviewed. Yeah, in fact, uh, according to him, uh... The interview was with, uh... Fellow, uh, member of the band, fandom, longtime member, M. Cypher. Uh, what, a quote I have here actually has him addressing the odd portrayals, basically saying, As I recall, the only designs we saw were of the original Mega Man. We felt he was too young for our audience, so we made him a teenager and proportioned him as well-built athlete type. A little too well-built. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, what are you implying there? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Correct me if I'm but, wrong, but uh, didn't they... They were going to go off the original Mega Man designs at first, and then they showed it to a test audience, and they didn't care for it, so they made them more muscular and stuff to cater to more American audiences. I've heard that as well. I think that's what, what he might have been addressing in that quote that I did, but um, I, I think I might have seen something debunking the test audience part of it. I'm not sure. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, the... Um, now, interestingly enough, I mean... Uh, characterization was pretty slim back in the day, but as far as uh, portrayals go, um, it wasn't just the, the way they look, but also the way they acted. Uh, Mega Man is the main one I want to focus on here, because generally he's seen as like a pacifist, and because, I mean, he is. Yeah. But uh, for this, he was a more action hero-y, snarky, cool type, like, you know. Oh yeah, the one-liners and everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You're a real cut-up, Cutman. <laughs> Time to chill, Iceman. Oh, God. I'm hard, man. You're gonna have a hard time beating me. 
Whoa, PG, PG. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he like uh sh like shoot into Hard Man's mouth or something? Yeah. Or... Uh, yeah. Oh man. I, I believe so he weird. said something right Okay, okay, I honestly don't remember this. <laughs> uh, eat plasma! <laughs> Boom! Yeah, and then his head blows up and yeah. Yeah, yeah that's this, right, this... The, the plasma thing instead of the solar bullets. Yeah. He, uh, he fired plasma, plasma and of course power. they gave him the catchphrase. Yep. <laughs> plasma power. <laughs> plasma power! Uh, let's see. They uh, gave us a neat uh, effect for the uh, weapon copying with the arm cannon too. Like basically, where you'd like you know touch the uh, weapon or wherever the power comes from on a robot master, and like the the black cartoon outline would like you know start to glow and uh, just kind of like you know trace like along his arm until like you know reaches him, and then you'd see this neat blueprint that like was probably yeah. made like on a spirograph or something because yeah. I mean let's face it like. Okay, Leaf Shield, like, you know, how are you going to design a blueprint for that? You're not. <laughs> right. Not not a functioning one, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they made this stuff that looked like, okay, it has some kind of meaning. So it, like, looked like all these, like, circuits and stuff. And I guess for a Leaf Shield, it would be, like, you know, a leaf in the middle or something. Right. Like <laughs> a leaf shape and just... And then, like, you know, he'd have the powers, but he wouldn't change the colors. No. Some people are upset about that, but apparently the reason for that was just kind of logistical, you know, yeah. keeping things straight. And it's like, you know, if you have an episode where he's like swapping powers and it's like, okay, you think like, you know, you've seen animation errors before. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> Iman imagine trying to keep track of all that. And especially oh, yeah. like they, they probably like had the stuff going overseas and stuff. You didn't have the Internet in full force, like, you know, so I imagine just from a uh, practical standpoint, it's like, yeah, we could do that but we want the cartoon to come out this decade so pretty much right. isn't that like the same reason the guys over at death battle didn't change the colors of the Mega Man during those death battles just because because it'll be a logistical nightmare to do that oh my god I, th I think that's actually what yeah you know what i think they both kind of had similar reasons on that but the, for, for yeah. their purposes it was because they had like um, a bunch of characters on yeah, screen. like what five uh, blue guys who look similar, like you know, yeah. at the same time, and it's that would have been nuts. <laughs> huh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I mean, Mega Man doesn't change color unless you pick an alt costume in Smash anyway, and that's what they were kind of using as their thing. So, you yeah. know, it's cool when it happens. It's okay when it doesn't. I think. But that's my hmm. yeah. I think it was still well done, Hallie touches their arm and that little animation plays where the weapon's kind of being downloaded to his head or whatever. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah. uh, even better was when X did that to Snake Man. That was just like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like, oh, you're gonna get it now. And he destroys the entire plane of the snake. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like he, it's like he just kind of like, you know, punches like, you know, Snake Man out and then just like touches the... Um, search snake arm cannon and then it's like instead of just like you know like one blueprint zooming in it's like there's like three of them that like you know zoom in <laughs> yeah. and then he fires like you know the one that just like you know disrupts like what looks like the inspiration for the enigma from x5 just basically crisscrossing the whole thing and just devouring the thing in seconds yep yeah I don't know, do we, do we have anything else we want to talk about as far as like the portrayals or anything or how like you know they handled any of that stuff not really hit yeah, we think we hit it on the head. Yep. Okie doke. 
And, well, again, um, we'll probably come back to some of this. St- well, I'll explain later, but yeah. Yep. So, uh, stories and episodes. I have to say, my favorites are the beginning, which is, as the name implies, the first episode, because it's a mm-hmm. nice little telling of the origin of Mega Man. It's not perfect. I mean, you don't have all six robot masters in the uh, Dr. Light Lab, for example. Mm-hmm. And- and, you know, there's, like, maybe some, like, little nitpick stuff, but I think some people really uh, took to it. Especially yeah. the, uh, like, little version of Proto Man that Dr. Wily ended up stealing to repurpose. Right. Uh, one mm. scene that stands out to me about that part is when they're working on Proto Man, and the first moment he wakes up, first thing he does, just walks through the wall. It's like, bro, can you use a door? <laughs> <laughs> He's out of control! Yeah, <laughs> and and like yeah, for for that was basically what caused the uh, schism between Doctor Wiley and Doctor Light. Of course, Doctor Light was I don't know he he came off a little arrogant to me because like mm-hmm. uh, Light was like saying it must be the guidance controls, and Wiley's like, but I programmed those. It must be something else. And Light's like, no, no, I'm sure it's the. <laughs> guidance controls. Gu- the uh, guidance system. <laughs> yeah, and you know yeah, that, yeah. that wasn't something that did bug me about Doctor Light as much as I liked the portrayal. There were times where he often seemed almost patronizing to everyone sure. around him, in a way. Yeah. I mean, like, that works. It, look, yeah. Yeah, it's like, wow, you created a device that can solve world hunger, Dr. Light. And he'll just be like, yes. Just, you know, and go on about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That, that, that was like one thing that kind of bugged me and it's like okay I, it's like you know with light kind of like insisting it's the guidance system it's like okay you know I can kind of see where Wiley's coming from here <laughs> I, I know light means well but yeah. I, may, may, maybe he's not very uh, good at socializing oh <laughs> definitely not he definitely gives off a vibe of like like he's smart for sure but when it comes to like socializing and stuff doesn't come off as very bright or light. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, there's this one episode, like one of the memes you'll see on YouTube a lot is the. Bath- now why would somebody bar the bathroom door? Dang it! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a fair question. Why would anybody? And then you know, when, it, <laughs> and when it, it clicks, it's like, okay, let's get that undone. <laughs> yeah, that YouTube video. Um, I like how this one YouTuber put in the Jeopardy theme after he says that question. <laughs> after that, he goes, Oh no! <laughs> Gets out of the freaking Doctor Who uh, sonic screwdriver and just opens it. <laughs> yeah. There was, um, the that, that episode also marks the only time we get to see Mega Man as Rock, or referred to as Rock, which mm-hmm. was kind of something that bugged me in the series, but I guess the upgrade to Mega Man was supposed to be, like, more permanent here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Another favorite of mine is from the second season. Kind of uh, making a jump here, but like th- th- these will be like my top three favorites. Uh, Terror of the Seven Seas, which is where Doctor Wily and his robot masters are basically stealing all these like battleships and uses them to construct this giant floating fortress. <laughs> and it's the one that you know you could almost imagine elements working like in an actual Mega Man game and stuff. And I think it was the first time we saw Mega Man's, like, uh, scuba upgrade, if I'm not mistaken. Because he would get, oh, like, yeah. these armor attachments. So, so, sort of X-ish, but not. It's kind of a yeah. in-between thing. 
And, uh, yeah, the, it was just uh, neat, and he fought several Robot Masters, had a good battle with Proto Man, one of my favorites in the series, to, before, mm -hmm. uh, basically, uh, and, and it kind of had the, it had the weapon power in an odd way, but, um, but, uh, I, I won't get into too much detail, because, you know, keep right. things going here a little bit. And my, uh, third favorite episode, what else could it be but Mega X? Oh, yes. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> you guys have any favorites? Um, uh, all I, I, I think Mega X speaks for itself, by the way, just, right, right. you know, for anybody wondering. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, um, you guys, what, I don't what have, did you like? I can't name off any episodes offhand, but I can name some scenes that stood out to me. Uh, there, okay. There's the classic everyone loves. Oh! Perma's gonna blast President Lincoln! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew you risked yourself for President Lincoln. But uh, that scene is just, oh, classic American beautiful. localization. <laughs> so beautiful. Yes. Oh, man. Um, I, I've recently just, I don't know, I've fallen in love with Curse of the Lion Men. As a friend and I, we were watching it in depth, and we discovered the guy who wrote the episode um, has written all kinds of furry things. I'm not even joking. <laughs> well, that over explains the, over, a lot. Yeah, over the years, and he even has like some kind of like website where you can get like some uh, uh, wolfman repellent or werewolf repellent or something. It just—it's the guy. It's the guy. It's not the same. Like, it's not a guy with the same name, but it's the same. Guy. <laughs> I can't remember his name offhand, but it was just like, oh my gosh, how how deep does this hole go? <laughs> PG, PG. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, we want to bid Proto Dude a fond farewell from the Fully Charged <laughs> Podcast, as he is... Good night. Given Curse of the Lion Minutes his favorite episode. <laughs> oh, God, that episode. One that's a runner-up for me is uh, Brobots. I don't know if you guys saw that. Because it was a neat episode mm -hmm. where they kind of addressed one of the longest-running contentions with the show that people have had. That being Proto Man acting as uh, villainous second in command to Doctor Wily, right? Which is not inaccurate to the games. One has to say because yeah, that's Mega Man Three and Mega Man Four—that's precisely what he did. And they were going up to five, where unless you've beaten it, then uh, Proto Man appears as a villain. Effectively, yeah, it's really Dark Man. But again, you have to get to the end basically to find that out. Right. So for the time, it it made sense, and we didn't have base yet. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. that, that that was just, you know, it, it made sense that they would use him that way. But the episode, it basically addressed that by having uh, Proto Man wanting to come over to the good side. But it turns out to be a ruse. But at the same time, it kind of plants the seed for something that, like, you know, kind of like a, right. okay, may, maybe later, maybe he'll actually make the jump for real kind of thing. Maybe if the series had continued, but it doesn't really go anywhere ultimately because, yeah. you know. Because, like, uh, you, the viewer, can see from the beginning he's just tricking Mega Man. Which is sad, but it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> Do you guys have any other favorites or runners-up or anything of that to mention? Or? Oh, gosh. <sighs> It'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, no, not, not offhand. I can <laughs> tell you a moment that bothered me. It was the BrainBot episode where... It's like, oh, Brainbot's the smartest robot ever, and yet he screws up literally everything, so is he really as smart as you're saying? <laughs> yeah, Brainbot was just a uh, nuisance. Yep. But yeah, it's it's like what they say, there's a difference between book smarts and, like, 
say, street smarts. And uh, in his case, he's only about as uh, smart as the street when it comes to street smarts. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's another scene that everybody knows and loves. It's when Mega Man gets Feralman's power and he goes, Now I have your power. Punch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I love Feralman for that. He's like my favorite Walt Master in that show just because he does that. Like, well, screw you. <laughs> He's so brief. He does so little. But man, he left an impact. And <laughs> oh, I don't yes. just meet on Mega Man's face. <laughs> you ain't taking that line down. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, and of course, the worst episode. I mean, even even in an ironically funny way, Curse of the Lion Men. Oh my yeah. god. Oh man. That's just... It's, fan it's fantastic. And we, we can't even go into the full breadth of it because we would probably be here all day. And I mean, we're already pushing 45 minutes here and we've got more to go. But um, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and sit, put it out here right now. Uh, future episodes of the Fully Charged Podcast, I'm hoping to get us into a rhythm where in addition to looking at the episodes of Mega Man Fully Charged, we'll also be looking at episodes of the Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon. So yeah, we... Should definitely be getting much more in depth with this stuff uh, in due time. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't touch on something you want us to touch on, just give us time. Yep, lots of time. <laughs> now, uh, moving on from that, one of the most interesting things from a uh, fandom perspective about the Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon, this was basically some of the first Mega Man merchandise in North America. There had been like a couple of books beforehand. You had the Worlds of Power novelization of Mega Man 2. Uh, you've got the official guide to Mega Man, which is an interesting little treasure that I have in my collection myself. But you had the action figure line. You had, um, which had armors and vehicles that influenced the cartoon. You see Mega Man driving different vehicles that were meant for the toy line. Or the aforementioned scuba armor or his stealth armor that he'd have were going to be figures before things were cut short. Oh man. Uh, you had fun little things like light up swords and, uh, you know, like spinners or not like fidget spinners, but you know, like maybe like little propeller type things like the kind of things you would see like in what passed for a toy aisle at the grocery store literally a grocery store i worked at had had them and for whatever reason i didn't pick them up because i mean it's like stuff that you would find there like in a drugstore or gas station and when i say drugstore i'm talking before like oh my god titans return brainstorm is exclusive to walgreens uh type drugstore toys if that makes any sense to y'all oh totally yeah, uh, mm -hmm. let's see. There was an album, which I also have. Actually, two. There was, like, a German version with, like, an electronic dance mix you might have heard. The Super Fighting Robot, you know, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got the American album, which... Uh, it is it is a thing, all right. Um, <laughs> may, maybe, maybe we could talk about more in depth uh, at some point. Um, I think some of it, like, some of the songs were, like, Christian rock, maybe? There's one called Sinner Man, and I forget, like, uh, who the band was on that. I think there might have been, like, Notorious B.I.G. or some rapper, somebody who did something with initials. Mm -hmm. I, 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 sh I should have brought it over here to look at in front of me for this part, but... Um, it's, it's a very odd album. They would play the songs during the credits of the second season... 
Um, they, the music had nothing to do with Mega Man, except for one song, Mega Man theme. Which, you know, <laughs> that's reason enough to buy the album, is it not? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not. <laughs> Mega Man theme is not Super Fighting Robot. Mega Man, as you would expect, <laughs> being the theme of a Mega Man cartoon to be when it's called Mega Man theme on an album based on the cartoon. No, it's just like dun 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 There you go. And dun 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 like the only lyrics are Mega Man and it just goes on like that. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Uh so basically network I'm an NT Warriors opening. <laughs> no, 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 I mean kinda, but no. <laughs> it's uh you could probably find the music on YouTube. One thing that I am happy to have the album for, though, I will say, is that when they were promoting the show and doing stuff for merchandise, they had this really, really nice art of the characters. That it's like, if the art was like that in the cartoon the whole time, it like would have just been like awesome. It made it look like, it was like an anime level of detail and shading and just I think dynamicism oh, and oh. stuff. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's like yeah. some really good stuff. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, besides that, <laughs> there was also uh, VHS tapes, of course, which have some uh, nice covers, which, you know, make a good collectible. For whatever reason, though, Mega Man on the cover of each, and I, I kind of like this as like an alternate color scheme form, but instead of the light blue, they had a gray, so he looked like he was equipped with the hard knuckle all the time. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing that on eBay. It was an odd look, but I liked it. <laughs> there were apparently Halloween costumes, school kits, cupcake toppers, wrist shooters, light shooters, bow and arrow sets. That probably falls all under that kind of, uh, you know, like with the light up swords and stuff like at grocery stores. But, you know, yeah, there's there's stuff out there. And um, I mean, the, the, of course, the main thing was the action figure line. They had the uh, like firing weapons. You had the smaller figurines like covering all sorts of characters who wouldn't get the bigger stuff like Wily and Light. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, in a pre-import, pre-internet, I mean, yeah, I know I know the internet existed then. For all intents and purposes, pre-internet world where, like, we had nothing in the way of Mega Man merchandise, the cartoon basically delivered. Like, not yeah. everybody was perfect, but, I mean, it was, it was better than what we had before, and better than we would have for years to come. Yeah. You guys own any of the merchandise from uh, the cartoon, out of curiosity? Uh, I saw that commercial with Mega Man and Cutman, where Mega Man fires the rolling cutter and just knocks out Cutman. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had the uh, I found minifigures when uh when I was a kid at KB Toys. I have a uh, Doctor Light and I think Fireman somewhere. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. They're two pack. I've got the original Mega Man that a friend gave me, incomplete. A little scuffed up on the chest and stuff. Uh, he doesn't have the arm cannon or uh, the plasma bolt, but, you know, he's still a neat uh, part of my collection. Uh, only one I don't, like, that's the only one I have. I'd love to get my hands on more of the stuff, but, you know, eBay and prices and all that stuff. 
It's a, it's a tough market out there. Mostly uh, what I really want out of that line, all things considered, are the Robot Masters. Mm-hmm. Again, Snake Man looks really good. Bright Man is pretty reasonable. He, his design's a little different, but I actually like the solar panels they put on his chest instead of the battery or whatever that was. Drill mm-hmm. Man almost looks just like the uh, game, except, you know, the portions are, you know, more Ruby Spears-ish. Right. There was uh, a Lek Man. Guts Man looks really good. He doesn't have the vents on his back, but, I mean, you know... For how much we saw his back back in the day, it's like, who knew? Uh, <laughs> Cutman's a little more stylized, but still good. It's, yeah, we hardly see Robot Masters these days, but it's like, if you're looking to fill out, like, kind of accentuate your Mega Man display or whatever with Robot Masters, the Ruby Spears uh, line from Bandai is a good place to look. Yeah. yeah. Heck, you could probably customize some of them, too, even, like, if Cutman's not doing it for you. Add some googly eyes or something. Mm-hmm. When I was reading up on this, apparently there was rumor of a Marvel comic book that uh, was going to be that was in consideration when the show ended up being canceled. Oh man! Oh wow! Never heard of that. That's cool. In addition, there was also a uh, plan for a. Well, before I go on, actually, I'm just thinking. I'm th- this was like the mid '90s and just a muscular Mega Man Marvel comics. <laughs> I'm just imagining a Rob Liefeldish Mega Man comic, and it's just. Maybe we were spared. I don't know. I'm, I can't decide how this would be awesome or awful, and the answer is probably both. <laughs> Will Mega Man become the next Avenger? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Hey, this would be like Marvel vs. Capcom before Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah, right? <laughs> like when Spider-Man teamed up with the Autobots. Oh. Yeah. yeah I remember that. Uh, there was also plans for a uh, Mega Man X spinoff that didn't come to pass due to the show's cancellation. That would be interesting. (laughs) According to Joe Ruby, one of the reasons for the show's cancellation is that Bandai had cut several toy lines because they were not meeting sales expectations and had supposedly been putting merchandising pressure on Capcom. Uh, There were more toys that were in production that were also scrapped as a result. And you can find, you know, some glimpses of that online. I remember M. Cypher had some images before. I don't know who has them now. Uh, they might be on the um, Mega Man knowledge base. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I'd always heard that it was Cap that the word came down from Capcom, basically killing uh, this Street Fighter, Darkstalkers, all in one swoop, despite doing well in the ratings. Again, it was apparently it did well in the ratings, but not in the toy aisles. Mm. That sucks. Too bad. Um, there's also, I think, uh, I think Joe said this. I. Have attributed it better, but a quote uh, I got in researching this says, The theme of the episode may be criticism at the show's recent of cancellation, as the cartoon was cut due to low toy sales, and this episode's plot involving toys being used to steal valuable objects and money, much like one may interpret that Bandai's toys, quote, stole, unquote, Ruby Spears' budget for the show. I actually think that might have been from the knowledge base, like looking at the last episode, Crime of the Century, where they were using toys to mm. commit robberies. So, yeah, the, uh, I mean, okay, Mega X should have been the end, but uh, as a salty parting shot, you have to admit, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, if they were attended that way, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and now, um, fun little bit that I've actually been holding on to for a while here. So, here, here's a fun little factoid for you. Way back before I was 
like when I just worked for the Meg wrote for the Mega Man Network and worked for him, before I actually ended up running the place, <sighs> I had plans uh, for my own Mega Man website, and I was going to base it around the Ruby Spears cartoon. Mm. And in the process, back in good old 2003 February, for the record, I was able to procure to obtain. A copy of Mega Man Animated Series Bible by Jeffrey Scott. First draft, October 20th, 1993. Revised, October 27th, 1993. Ruby Spears Productions. That is so cool. Oh, man. And yeah. things just changed, and I never really ended up getting around to being able to do anything with it, much less a full website of its own. So I've basically been sitting on this and uh, trying to figure out a way to work with it. It's interesting, it's got a lot of pages, it's got the backstory, uh, th and all told, earlier versions were basically a lot truer to the uh, original like uh, premise and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, does anybody remember where we first got Dr. Light's first name, Thomas? Uh, was it um, Mega Man X? Or... Or... I don't remember. Well, what they had here in the Bible, just an interesting tidbit. Um, have you ever heard of what people say uh, Dr. Light's middle name is? No. Uh -uh. A lot of people refer to him as uh, Thomas Xavier Light. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Wow. That's something. And uh, perhaps uh, early materials like this are the reason for that, because it gives his name as Dr. Xavier Light. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, I'm not sure that they kind of went around the Thomas thing, or what happened there. Got some interesting, like, you know, sketches here with, like, profiles and whatnot, and um, just some interesting art that's, like, almost like a hybrid between the, um, like, what you see in the show and the uh, Capcom art. Funny thing, the image of Rush is actually just like a, a black and white, uh, like sprite, not sprite from the game, but like, you know, the original art form. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, Proto Man, let's see. Although he's constantly after Mega Man, and I'm always trying to outdo him, Proto Man is unwilling to let Mega Man be destroyed. He would do it himself if he could to prove he's the better robot, but he won't let anyone else, including Dr. Wily, destroy his, quote, robot brother. Of all the bad robots, Proto Man is the one Mega Man wants most to become his ally, for he knows that deep inside, Proto Man really is his brother and that they could be great friends. For this reason, Mega Man is equally hesitant to destroy Proto Man, though he will, in order to save humans, give his best shot against his evil twin. <laughs> Robot Masters. Let's see if I can find an interesting thing here. So, some are like, like more uh, descriptive, like, you know, for the recurring ones, particularly. But then you've got like Pharaoh Man. Fires condensed balls of light. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Trying to see if they had like a uh, Napalm Man at this point. Well, uh, no, but they had Skull Man, who I don't think showed up in the show. As a protective energy shield made of spinning skulls. Diver Man. I think they got that right in time. Let's see. And then for Diver. minor characters, you got Metal. M E T T O L. <laughs> uh, you've got PP. Uh, Batonton. Monking. They had some uh, plans for that. Uh, apparently, Metal was uh, going to be part of the core group along with Cutsman, Gutsman, and Proto Man. Maybe he would have been like their uh, counterpart to Rush. Oh, that'd been so cool. Hmm. 
Okay, uh, there's, this is one of my fav favorite parts, actually. Do you remember the uh, Dr. Wily's Fortress in the cartoon? Vaguely, yeah, somewhat. Basically, it was the Mega Man 5 base. Hmm. But in, the, in here, we've got Mega Man 3s. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, basically the last paragraph here is just one of my favorite things I wish they had incorporated into the cartoon. And once I read it, you're going to wish they had incorporated it as well. And it's the kind of thing that would have been like epic in a finale or something. My god. You guys ready? Whoa. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, lay it on me. Okay, now remember, this is the Mega Man 3 fortress there, like, you know, kind of doing the idea with. Maybe this is why they abandoned it. I don't know. You remember the one that had the skull at the front and the claws, like, you know, out in front of it? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Dr. Wily's fortress can rise up to form a giant robot with Dr. W at the controls. Walking on massive, clawed feet, his robo-fortress literally shakes the ground and can flatten any building or smaller robot it steps on. It is an ominous sight indeed. But Dr. W uses it only in desperate situations, because he knows that if he loses it, he loses everything. Wow. Uh, oh, Bit of a uh, Power Rangers finale thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isn't it, though? Kinda. Yeah. That's really cool. That would have been an awesome huh. final episode. That, that would have been. That, that was like something I uh, that was something I wanted to do with the uh, website at the time. I mean, again, this was like a long time ago. I really wanted to have uh, stuff like, you know, people like, you know, kind of creating their own stories or scripts or whatever. And, you know, kind of try, you know, create more of kind of a community around the cartoon itself and even maybe some continuation stuff and see where we could go from there. Yeah. Maybe even like do some sort mm -hmm. of like a, a quote unquote movie thing, which, you know, it seems like that would have been a great place to have like, you know, Proto Man switch sides and base be introduced and that kind of stuff. <laughs> stuff that just never got to happen in the cartoon. Yeah. Because uh, actually, one of the things that's like in here is uh, springboards for several episodes, which some of which were made, some were not. Basically, a springboard, it's like a synopsis that, you know, they flesh out the script from. Uh, and so, like, yeah, there's stuff here that wasn't used, stuff that was, uh, and stuff that differs considerably. Do you guys remember the episode, like, Electric Nightmares? Somewhat. Mm. The, the Haunted House one or something like that? or No, that was the one where Dr. Wiley basically implants some sort of device at the electric company, and then all of a sudden he's able to, um, basically take over, like, control all kinds of things. Um, In fact, yeah. it's the one that, uh, I think, uh, had Pharaoh Man, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that episode now. Yeah, it was originally called Disconnected Number, it looks like. And it reads, When Dr. Wily put a, quote, bad chip, unquote, in the central telephone system of a major city, all of the computer telephonic peripherals, such as ATM machines, home computers, fax machines, etc., turn into his evil electronic minions. <laughs> Everything that's plugged into a phone line comes forth to battle Mega Man. Meanwhile, Dr. Wily uses his phony phone tap to wire, bi transfer billions of dollars to his own account in order to finance even greater robot construction. With the city ready to give in to Dr. Wily's demands, Mega Man battles Elect Man in the end, defeating him and getting his electrical ray, which uses to short out the city's power supply and ultimately defeat Dr. Wily and his evil robots. Okay. Hmm. Which is neat, and actually doesn't cover the part that I thought made this, uh... Okay, I'm pretty sure somewhere in here, basically, it explains that, like, the, um, robots, like, a lot of electronics and stuff that we see, like, um, basically, they're all robots. So, in the episode, it was kind of, like, weak because it was like, oh, the toaster's, like, you know, jumping off the counter now and attacking mm -hmm. people. Whereas, like, you know, 
the way the treatment originally was, it would have been like a robot toaster that, like, you know, would have been able to, like, you know, like, have arms and legs and actually kind of come after you and maybe, like, start shooting toast at you or something. So, yeah. Sort of like the end of uh, the tra Michael Bay Transformers movie, now that I think about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, like, kind of one of the things here that, uh... And, and when we, like, you know, cover the episode later, ho uh, hopefully I can piece this together for that, but... Just some of the neat stuff that's in here that, uh, like, I'm still trying to find the right way to... kind of get out there. And I'm probably gonna be getting, like, you know, a ton of messages or whatever now asking me about this thing. Could, with any luck, I'll be able to do something soonish. We'll see. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about the uh, Bible for the Ruby Spears animated series. I'd I'd hope to include basically everything there on the website and like you know for people to use and kind of you know be able to do their own uh, stuff as well and just kind of expand on the whole idea. But that never came to pass. I wonder if there would even still be an audience for something like that, though. Uh, I I know people that still watch the show regularly, so maybe. Maybe. Uh, I guess we'll see. Um, and yeah, starting to wrap things up a little bit here. Um, the uh, do you guys remember? Okay, th this is gonna be a sore wound for some, but you all remember before Mighty Number no. Nine came out, right? Oh, uh, of course. Yes. You remember when, uh, when Inafune and everybody, they were talking about there being a Mighty Number no. 9 animated series? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do <laughs> you guys remember where I'm going with this? I, I, do I want to know? Yeah, do we? Well, this just kind of upsets me that nobody knows already, but... Uh, yeah, I did an April Fool's joke on the Mega Man Network at the time. I had the hope of press start. Oh, and I some of the interviews. <laughs> With, like, uh, materials from uh, M. Cypher's interview with Joe Ruby, we basically did some mock-ups and basically made a Mighty Number no. 9 thing that was based on the uh, <laughs> Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon, including a Beck that was, like, all muscular and ready for action based on that promo art we were talking about earlier. And uh, that was... That was such a fun one. I think the most fun part was that there were actually people who bought into it. <laughs> like I, I, I thought we couldn't make this any more obvious, could we? But um, I, I guess there was room for interpretation there. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that's still on the, the Mega Man Network. If anybody wants to look it up, maybe I'll include a uh, link in the description. On uh... <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Maybe chuckle. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, man. It was a good time. Yeah, it was. And this was a good time, too. Um, do you guys have any other final thoughts about the Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon wrapping up? I, I feel like it's mostly been me running my mouth, but, I mean, if there's <laughs> any other thoughts you guys want to talk about, you know, um, bring it forth. Yeah, I really enjoyed what I've seen of the Ruby Spears cartoon. Hopefully, we can watch it more in depth as time goes on, but I did enjoy it for the most part. Uh, I think... For, for back in the day, about it felt like a, a stabilized internet or even a lot of documents from Capcom. They did pretty good at staying faithful as they could to the Mega Man Lord. I appreciate that. And um, you know, a lot of the characters are pretty funny and fun to watch. Mm. And uh, yeah. I also liked what they did with some of the main characters like Roll. So, uh, 
in the game, she's just basically like a housekeeper robot that helps out from time to time. But in Ruby Spears, role kind of takes on the role of, you know, women can do things too. Uh, she really tries to help out Mega Man by helping him defeat the Robot Masters and stuff. And I like that part of role in the cartoon. Yeah, 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 I agree. It was it was definitely like a like a really cool interpretation role that we like didn't quite get to see in the games until like legends yeah mm -hmm, exactly yeah um gosh as for me like even 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 just like what's that oh sorry i, I just wanted to say even with uh taking legends role into account uh I, I feel like they you have to wonder if maybe this didn't influence capcom at all because you got stuff like powered up and other games were roles out there like you know using her like broom like to whack you know, robot masters to bits and stuff, and, you know, when you consider that she was using her vacuum arm and, like, you know, as well as blenders and other, like, you know, household tools in her arm, if that was just some sort of, like, uh, in-between that Capcom went for that was inspired by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Huh. Um, oh, man, what was I gonna say? Like, even if you are not the hugest Mega Man fan, um, still, like, you should check this show out. It's such a, like, an oddity. Oh yeah. In terms of like game adaptations, and the DVD set that came out a couple years ago, um, I don't think it's still in print anymore. I should really reprint it, but it's so well done. It's in the style of a NES box, like a Mega Man NES box with like, you know, the, the cheesy liners and the packaging and and the the menus for the episodes. It's like themed after Mega Man 2 with custom sprites and. A lot of work went into that thing, so if you ever come across it, pick it up. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, actually. <laughs> I do not own a copy of that. I would love to, just because of the aesthetic reasons. But um, I actually own the uh, two uh, like uh, season uh, sets that were released before that. Who did that? Was it ADV? I forget who released them. But, um... No, the... Uh, when... when it wasn't Shout Factory. Who who put that DVD set together? I know they do Sonic X and they've done some other stuff. Discotech. They're the ones who did it. I can't believe Ow. I forgot a name like that. Yeah, so when I first heard about this coming out, actually, it's a funny thing. Um, yeah, you think it, you think it was packed with features now? You should have seen what we had in the works for it uh, beforehand. For whatever reason, it just did not get to come together, but... I had basically gotten myself M. Cypher, um, Andrew Dickman, because I believe he's got like most complete collection of the toys, like you know that I knew of at the time, and um, David Minter, Doctor Wiley, um, who had like you know the original uh, trailer from the CES show. Like you know, all of us we had our di we had our different stuff. We were gonna try and make this thing like you know just like the definitive edition, but unfortunately it just didn't work out. And that's disappointing. Yeah. Almost as disappointing as, well, <laughs> I tried to uh, get a, a copy of the Sonic X thing they did so I could uh, review it on Megavisions uh, recently, but no one at the company ever got back to me. He, he responded to me on Twitter once about, like, you know, the DVD set when I had a question, and the guy that I had been in contact with about the Mega Man thing. And then, like, yeah, I never got anything back, so, after that, so... And yeah, it looks like ADV did the uh, set the the sets I have. So, but yeah, um, I mean, ideally we'd have had like you know pictures of all the different merchandise and VHS and the uh, figures and 
stuff from the Bible and the original video thing, and I think it might have been Capcom who, like, you know, uh, who killed the idea. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I could probably look it up just to be safe, but uh, wh whatever the reason, it um, it it, it, ju it just didn't end up happening, and that disappoints me. So if there's another bummer. release, maybe someday. Sorry, that's such a bummer. Yeah. yeah. I'm like they, they announced this thing and I'm like you know we're you know back and forth on it I'm just thinking like finally my time has come <laughs> <laughs> to do something with this thing I've been sitting on for like 10 years yeah I'm sure people love to see what's in the bible it'd be fun to look through yeah uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to do something with it one of these days I'm sure but you know in the, in the meantime I'm keeping it safe and of course, people are gonna think I'm like, you know, just lying out of my teeth on this, but like, I have any real reason to do that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that would be the uh, our celebratory anniversary episode for the Ruby Spears Mega Man animated series. And uh, as always, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you know, if listening to them in the embeds on Mega Man Network doesn't work for you. Uh, you can go to SoundCloud directly, or you can check us out on iTunes, you can check us out on Google Play. We're, we're everywhere that, you know, that those four places are. <laughs> uh, I guess there's probably more hosting out there, but uh, those are the main ones I know of in the so. But either way, the hosting fee is ours, uh, but the choice is yours. For me, if you want to find more of the Mega Man Network, you can go to themmnetwork.com. You can go on Twitter at themmnetwork. Uh, you can look up the Mega Man Network on Facebook. And, uh, we even have the Rock Tumblr on Tumblr, so... Lots of Mega Man action for whatever platform you like. And you can find me, ProtoDude, on Twitter, at ProtoDude. And you can check out my blog, Rockman Corner, at www.rockman-corner.com. And you can find me on the Shadowrock ZX YouTube channel, that's www.youtube.com slash user slash ShadowRockCX We do lots of Mega Man content there, including Mega Man X Dive, which we just played the beta of, and there's a ton of videos on that, so if you're interested in that stuff, definitely check us out. And you can also find me on Twitter at ShadowRockX. And for ProtoDude and ShadowRockZX, this is LBD Night Train saying everlasting peace out. Peace out.